Hi, this is Kelly, and this is God, Dreams, and Really Good Coffee. Hey, how are you all? I am hoping that you're doing well, and you are healthy, and rested up, and enjoying this day. I am having a good day. It's sunshiny, which we've had a lot of rain, so a little bit of sunlight can totally change my mood. <laughs> I want to start off right off the bat, because this is God dreams and really good coffee. I want to tell you that I'm drinking tea, not coffee right now. Whenever I work out a lot, my go-to tea is turmeric tea. I absolutely love this tea. And whenever I'm feeling sore or stiff or achy, especially from working out or doing some yard work, I go to this tea. This is my go-to tea. So in January started, you know how it is. You start working out in January, <laughs> but I'm still there. I'm still in the game. It's eight weeks later. I'm still in the game. I'm still working out. So I am drinking this tea. So I hope you will sit back and relax and get yourself something to drink, whether it's some good coffee or a cup of tea or just sit back and enjoy the sunshine. And we are going to talk today. I promised you that I will be talking a little bit about dreams. And so that is what this episode of God Dreams and Really Good Coffee is all about. It's about a kind of a basic uh, podcast, just the foundation of dreams and why I personally think they are important and some things not to do things to do. I think uh, we need to talk a little bit about it. What I find with, I talk to people about dreams is they tend to fascinate most people. Some people say, well, I never dream, but I, I find that they usually do. They just, they don't pay attention to their dreams or they don't write them down. It's almost like I've heard someone else say, it's not my saying, but dreams are written almost in disappearing ink. So you have to write them down fast. But most people are interested in dreams. And it's just such a strange thing that God gave us dreams. I mean, why? Isn't that interesting? So what I find are people will put a lot of attention to dreams and they're just super excited about them and they study them a lot, which there's nothing wrong with studying. Or they say, ah, bah, there's nothing to that. There is always a balanced way of looking at things. And to me, it's a danger to just poo-poo anything about dreams that God doesn't give us dreams anymore. Actually, that's not biblical. He even said he did. He said, I will pour out my spirit in the last days. Young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. But this is just a basic episode about why I pay a lot of attention to dreams but why I also balance my dreams with some other things that I think are even more important. And that is scripture. Because there is a place for that, but you have to go to scripture. And when you put all of this, these gifts, these spiritual gifts and dreams on a basis and a foundation of scripture, I think you're in a pretty good spot. So without further ado, let's get started. So I took a little time looking up what scientists say that dreams are all about. And you know, to be perfectly honest, the things that I've read are they really don't know. <laughs> there are theories out there about, you know, what we're doing, whether we're just processing visual images and emotions and just trying to work those out. 
But, you know, the bottom line is no one really knows except for God. But the fact is that God has created us to be dreamers and we dream. And that in and of itself is a reason to not discount dreams because they're God-given. But what about night terrors? What about those? What do you do when you have them? When my children have had any kind of a dream that was a terrorizing dream, I have taught them about prayer and praying the blood of Christ and asking for the Holy Spirit to surround that child. And those dreams honestly have gone away. Some people are even afraid to dream because of bad dreams. God, through the Holy Spirit, he can show us how to get rid of bad dreams and to cover ourselves. So when my kids were little, and even today, I still pray that protection when we go to sleep. I just do, because it's powerful. (laughs) I know that might not make sense if you are a new Christian or if you're not a Christian, but there is something about that blood, the blood of Christ. It's the sacrifice that he gave. And there's old hymns, there's power, power, power in the blood. It is a supernatural thing that I honestly cannot explain, but I know it's true. In my life, I have seen it. And whenever there is any kind of problem with a dream, um, I go to God and I pray his protection under the blood. I'm just going to start out with that. I'm starting off on a kind of a negative aspect of dreams, but I don't want to do that. Let's go to something else. So the question is, why should we pay attention to them? Why should we pay attention to dreams? Well, first of all, dreams are in the Bible. They are scriptural. The book of Genesis includes the story of Joseph and the dreams. He was given dreams and he could interpret dreams. And those dreams God used to save not only the Egyptians at the time, but also the Israelites, Joseph's family. Those dreams God gave. He It's not just Old Testament things. He's also given them in the New Testament. So it's not something that we can say, well, that was, that was Old Testament, but when Christ came, we, you know, we don't need that anymore. That's not true because God even used a dream to instruct Mary's husband, Joseph, to take the baby Jesus away and hide the baby because Herod was coming to find and seek and kill the baby Jesus. God uses dreams He did it in the Old Testament and he did it in the New Testament. So I think we need to not discount them. Instead, let's try to put them in their proper place. And that is always based on scripture. Jesus says, I am the word. Uh, The word was at the beginning. Um, He is the word, the way, the truth, the life. It's all about Jesus. And that word, if we use our dreams and look up the symbolism In the word, often God is saying something very special to us. In my life, that's what I find. First of all, if if we have a God, and we do, he wants to communicate with us. That is the personal relationship that we have with the Father through Christ the Son. Interestingly enough, when right before Jesus went to the cross, He told his disciples, if I go, it's going to be a benefit for you because if I go to heaven to be with the father, 
I'm going to send the comforter, that's the Holy Spirit, and he is going to be with you and he's going to tell you what he hears from the Father and that's all he'll tell you. So he's going to get messages from the Father and through the Holy Spirit, we can know how to communicate with God. He's going to send us his communications. He's going to talk to us. So that's another way we have the word, which is, I think that's the foundation. We have the Holy Spirit and he's going to tell us what God is speaking to us. And Jesus even said he will tell us what is to come. Jesus said that he will tell us what is to come. He will only tell us what he hears from God. So how does he do that? Well, he does it in many ways. And in in the book that I have, the journal that I have, I go through all the ways that are ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And one of those ways is through dreams. So if you don't believe that, if you shut that off, oh, that's not how I hear from God. I don't hear from God through dreams. That's, That's just bogus. I can tell you, Chances are God's not going to use use that method because you've closed the door to it. And the father wants to communicate with his children. He wants that personal relationship so much that he sent Jesus to the cross to bring us back to him. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have that access through the Holy Spirit and Christ and the father. We have that. We have communication. Those lines of communication are open. Now, Jesus often taught in parables. And it's so interesting in that it would frustrate the disciples at times because they're like, why are you speaking in parables? Can't you just speak clearly? They didn't understand it and they questioned Jesus about it. But Jesus said, you can hear. He he who has ears, let them hear. You can hear, but other people can't. I personally think this is the same way dreams work. If you are seeking out matters, if you are seeking what the symbols in your dreams mean through the Bible, which is the place to go, if you're seeking those things out, your eyes, your ears are going to be open. You're going to be looking for those things and he's going to reveal the things that he's trying to show you in your dream. And it's difficult sometimes. I think, again, that is why the scripture says in the last days, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So I just looked that up and let me read that to you from the New International Version. It is Acts 2.17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I And I've asked, why is it that the older men dream dreams? I mean, it, why did you call it out that way? And there's people can guess what, why, but I, I think that a vision when you see a vision, it's, it is what it is. Uh, the symbolism is gone. So it's easier to understand. So a younger person would be, it, that would be easier for a younger person. But to dream a dream, you know, it can be complicated. The symbolism, how many times have you said, what does that mean? But I found that the more we look into it, the easier it gets 
to uh, understand what God is trying to show you because it's a language, a symbolic language that God has with you personally. And that is the beauty of a dream because what is the symbol for one person, say a dog who, if it's a person that's terrified of dogs, when they dream of a dog, it's, it's going to be a bad thing. But when somebody that loves dogs dreams of dogs, it's a good thing. So it's personal to that person's experience, experiences in life. And God knows that. He knows our the secrets of our hearts. He knows our experiences. He knows us in a personal way even better than we know ourselves. So when he gives a dream, he knows the symbols to use in the dream because he wants to communicate. It's a personal communication with you. And God is such a creative God. How interesting that he gives these creative dreams. And some of them are wild, but you know, things that you, where did he get that? (laughs) But that's God. He's so creative. So with that said, we can know that a creative God can do creative things and and give you creative messages with you through dreams. So that's a reason not to discount them. That is why, you know, when you get up, have a pad and paper by your bed. I put out even a a journal. You can do, you can use paper or you can use a notebook, but I have a journal that walks you through my process and it's called Yes, God Speaks, but it, how I write down a dream and how I go to scripture to find out what those symbols mean in scripture. So that's something that I do. And the more you do it, the more you begin to understand the symbols, for example, in your dreams and you, you get better at it. Um, so let's talk about the kind of messages that we can find in dreams. Well, dreams can warn. They can warn us And that's something I I hope to make you feel a little better about some of these dreams. I know most of us have had a bad dream, just a really bad dream. But I want you to know that sometimes when you dream of something terrible happening, sometimes it's a warning dream. And what the Lord is showing you out of the goodness of who he is and his love for us is this is what the enemy wants to do in your life. This is how the enemy wants to attack you. This is what's coming up. This is some kind of a danger or a problem or a situation that I want to warn you about. In those cases, the best thing to do is to pray, (laughs) write it down, go seek scriptures to understand, you know, if it's in those cases, if it's a warning dream, sometimes they're, you know, pretty literal. Somebody has a, you know, They fall down and get injured or something like that. But you can pray, Lord, protect this person, put a covering over them. Whatever the enemy plans for them, I ask that you cancel that and that instead your will, Lord, your will for my life or that person's life be done in the name of Jesus. It's as simple as that. So you don't have to be terrorized or terrified of those those are warning dreams. So that's what I do. I just pray that God's will be done in that situation and not the enemies. Okay. So what else can they do? They can show you about a purpose that God is preparing you for. 
So if you dream of somebody that writes books and you suddenly dream about this author in your dream, it could be that God is preparing you for a similar role. Maybe you're going to write or teach or lead a group. Sometimes he'll give you a purpose, a calling in a dream. And those are really excited. He'll also prepare you to reach that calling. So for example, he might show you things that you need to deal with, sin in your life, temptations in your life that you need to surrender to him before you can get there. A lot of times for me and for many people, a calling or a ministry is symbolized in a dream by a vehicle, whether it's a plane, a boat, a bicycle, a car. For example, if you dreamt of uh, being in a bus with a lot of people and you're headed to church, that might be that God wants to use you for a group and you're going to, he wants to call you to maybe study or uh, lead a Bible study. That's one thing that he often does with a vehicle. So if it's, for example, if it's a bicycle, if you dream of riding a bike, it requires your strength. And it's usually a solo thing. You're on your own. You're all all alone, unless you dream of a tandem bike. Sometimes you'll be dreaming about driving in a car. And if you're in the back seat and somebody else is driving, then you're not in control. That other person is. Sometimes I have dreamt of being in a car driving and there is a faceless person in the passenger seat helping me along. An example was I dreamt of being in a really fast BMW car. It was really fast and it had a lot of power and I wasn't sure how to control it. And it would even keep going through stop signs, but there was a faceless person beside me. And that in my dream, I understand as an angel helping me along. I was going to be given a task that I'm unfamiliar with. It's a little too much for me, but God is saying, Hey, I've got your back. I'm going to be helping you do this. I'm going to send help so you're not on your own. Those are good dreams. It could be you're driving in a car, you're in the passenger seat or the back seat, and the car is very reckless, and there's somebody else in the driver's seat. And that's a sign or a message that, hey, you're not in control. This person is, and and the way that you're driving is um, dangerous. So it's a warning dream. You might need to reassess that. Isn't it great that God can tell us these things in dreams? He can also help us deal with fear in our life and sin in our life and give us a little heads up about opportunities coming up. He can also give us some insight into what is going on around us in the world. And he does that a lot. He's done that with me a lot lately. But I want to get into that just a little bit. And this leads into a section that I want to call what not to do, (laughs) what not to do with a dream, because I'm going to go right back to where we learned about Joseph when he was little and he had this dream that his brothers would be bowing down to him. He had a dream where he saw sheaths of wheat and in the middle of the fields and all of a sudden his sheath stood up and the other sheaths bowed down and gathered around it around. So he knew, he understood that he was being elevated. When I have a dream, I don't think my job is to go out and tell everybody what it is. He's telling you something. So in Joseph's dream, 
where he saw these sheets in the middle of the fields, God was giving him a purpose. He was giving him a glimpse, a glimpse into what is to come in his life. It was an encouragement to keep him going when things got hard, when he wanted to give up. He was going to tell, he was telling him, this is coming. This is my will for you. He had another dream about this, the sun, moon, and 11 of the stars bowing down. And he told, he told his family. Now, how do you think they reacted? Not too good, <laughs> right? Not too good. So God uses everything. And so in that story, all the trouble that Joseph went through, his brothers threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. He went all through Egypt. He got falsely accused of attacking his boss's wife. He was in a prison in a cell with nobody to talk to. And, you know, think about the dream that God gave him. I wonder what Joseph thought when he was in that situation. Did he remember the dream? Did it encourage him? <laughs> because it didn't look the circumstances when he was in that dungeon paying for a crime that he didn't commit. It didn't look like that dream was going to come true. And yet Joseph hung on to that. It must have been an encouragement that God gave him that it was um, a, something that he was telling him that was go he was going to do in Joseph's life. And he did just that. And Joseph even says, I love what you meant for evil. God used it for the good, for the purpose of saving many lives. And I love that. So he can take all these things in our life and use them for good. And he does it all the time. And that's a promise. I love that promise. Be careful when God gives you a dream. Ask him, do I, can I share this with someone? I think he will tell you this through the spirit. There are times when I've had a dream and I put one on my website and it was this dream about um, God's heart for women who have gone through abortions. But I had this very clear, very vivid dream about God's heart in healing the hurt and the pain that these women were going through. And it was so much that I was sobbing in the dream. But at the end of that dream, God in the dream said, write this down, go write this down, this dream. And I knew that it was God saying, it's okay. I'm giving you this dream. You can tell this one. And that one is on my website if you want to read it. And it's um, kellylangston.com. And I think it's called A Dream for Women Who Have Had Abortions. That's, uh, in a nutshell, God's heart. There was so much love. I could feel his love. He He just had an incredible love for those women. And he just wanted to draw them in. And that was his heart. And it was so much, I could feel the love so much that I just woke up sobbing. And that's a dream that you write those things down. I wrote them down, but in that particular dream, God was saying, go write this down. I, he, he was giving me instructions to put that one out. But a lot of times he doesn't. So I've written down a lot of things that have been happening when I have a dream of the things going on in the nation. And I do have those dreams and I write them down. But you know, when you have it, a lot of times you'll get a dream and it takes a long time for it to come, come about. And so you might think, well, this was wrong, but then sure enough, I mean, something happens and it does, but that's between me and God. But what a sense of peace it's been when everything's so chaotic to go back to my journals, my dream journals and my journals 
And to read in like, for example, last March, I had a dream. Well, I'm going to tell you this one, that the house was under attack last March. I wrote it down. I had no idea, no idea, but God will do that. (laughs) So he'll do that. He'll do that for people who seek him and love him and want to create a place to listen to him. But we have to that communication, that link between the whole, from the Holy Spirit through Jesus, we have to value it and treasure it. And there's so many other voices out there. And I think one of the things that I admit that that I do uh, wrong is that I listen to too many voices. And sometimes God's like, if you have a question, why don't you come to me about what's going on? <laughs> and he's working with me on that. So when you have this dream, a dream, and it's hard to understand. There are some things that that I first of all write it down, and sometimes it's not for you to understand right then. You might understand it months, even years. My earliest dream was when I was four or five, and I had no clue what that meant, but I remember it well. And now I see it. Fifty years. Well, <laughs> I'm dating myself, but yeah, like fifty years later. So. But now I'm, I understand. And with my earliest memory was a dream. I mean, I consider that, yes, God, I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to that. But the thing about dreams that's also cool is that you, it can be a tool or a, a motivator to get into scripture and find out what these symbols meant or mean. So I think on the last podcast, I told you about the dream of two whirlwinds. Two whirlwinds. I was standing on the porch and one whirlwind was coming and right before it hit, it dissipated. And then I walked through the back of the house and I looked and there was another whirlwind and it was bigger and it was right on us. And so that led me to go to scripture instead of going to, if you look online, you have to be careful because there's a lot of occult uh, definitions out there. And that is a trap. (laughs) Stay away from that. You need to go to the Bible and get your journal out and pray about it. Lord, what, what does this mean? And then get your Bible out and look for some of those terms in your Bible. So I searched whirlwind and I came to Jeremiah 30 verses 23 through 24. I'm reading from the New International Version that uses the term storm. But it's whirlwind and other versions. See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a driving wind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, another version says in the latter days, you will understand this. The word of God is so precious and it's just the more you study it, the more these deeper things come out and then you have more questions <laughs> and then you study more and it's, you never get to the bottom of it. It's just so beautiful and the way it all ties together. So a dream gave me some encouragement that God, God's in control. He knows, he knows what's going on. He knows, and he can take what is meant for evil and turn it around for the good, which is a prayer that I pray. They're beautiful when they pull you into scripture. Jesus used parables all the time. So when I dream of trees, I dream of trees a lot. 
lots of trees falling. When you study trees in scripture, it talks about we will be like a tree planted along a body of water and our roots will be deep. It talks about Nebuchadnezzar as he had a dream where that he was a tree and it was cut with the ring remained around it. Trees in scripture often are people, leaders. So when you keep that into context, what is God saying? (laughs) So it's very interesting. So dreams, I think they're just fascinating. They're another fascinating way that God wants to draw us into a closer relationship with him. And he really, truly wants us to ask him questions. He truly wants us to seek his word. And when he shares a secret with you, just treasure it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go on a YouTube channel and tell everybody what you dreamt. God wants to speak to you. And I think that's important. There are some people that I do believe are very sincere and they have God's heart and, you know, they they have these gifts. So how do we know? The Bible says there are wolves in sheep's clothing and many will be deceived. How do you know that unless you go first to Jesus, first to the scripture, first to the father in prayer and ask him to show you, ask him the questions that you want to know and give him time (laughs) to answer you, you know, give him time, but you might be very surprised at how he's been waiting to answer those questions for you. Now he's God and he's not going to tell you everything, but you know, he will draw you in with some wonderful things. Come let us reason together. I just always got chills when I thought about God speaking that come and let us reason together. He, He wants us to come to him as the father. So anyway, I think I've gone on a little too long, but there's a lot more that I would like to share. I can give you some resources, but I'm not going to do that just yet. If you do want some suggestions for resources or there's one book in particular, I'm not even going to share it now, but if you're interested in, reach out to me. I have a forum that we can talk about dreams in a smaller group away from social media. I've got the link in my show notes. I'd love to have some conversations there with with y'all. I can talk about this some more, but I would like to know what you want to hear. So send me an email at info at kellylangston.com. I also want to tell you what the Lord put on my heart is maybe I need to put a little more focus on teaching how to get those stories out because the Bible says the enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So how do we get that testimony out there? Well, we can do it in stories. We can do it through books and writing. And I'd like to share with you how to do that. But I want to hear what you want to know. First, let me know. I'm Kelly Langston, info at kellylangston.com. You can also find me at inspirewritepublish.com or just kellylangston.com. Take care and may you have a blessed, blessed day. And ask God to give you a dream tonight. Get your pad and paper ready because you want to write it down. See what happens. You know, he's a good God and he wants you to call on him first and foremost. So take care. Bye. Can a Christian count on every one of God's promises in scripture and take those on as their inheritance? Well, there are two scriptures that answer that question. 
The first is from 2 Corinthians 1.20, and it says, For every one, every one of God's promises is yes in Him. Therefore, the Amen is also spoken through Him, that's Jesus, by us through God's glory. And secondly, Galatians 3.23 says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir according to His promise. So yes, Christians can count on God to honor the promises in His Word and confidently remind our Father of these treasures in our own prayer life. However, and this is important, there is one requirement. In order for you to take hold of these precious promises as your own and my own, we must first be of the body of Christ. And that means we need to have accepted Jesus as the Savior of our life. And that's what it means by belonging to Christ. It all comes down to His great love for us as a gift of free will, and it's a choice that only we can make. God chose to send His Son, Jesus, to ransom us completely from the penalty of sin, and that would mean eternal separation from God. But to be grafted into the wonderful inheritance of promises that I talk about, given by God in the Bible, we've got to choose to accept Jesus as Son of the Almighty God and believe in His sacrifice on the cross and accept Him as the Lord of our life. It's really my choice to make, which I have, and it's your choice to make. And here's the scripture. For God greatly loved and dearly prized the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, whoever believes and trusts in Him as a Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. And you know that's John 3.16, and that's the Amplified Version. You know, sometimes we make it harder than it has to be, but the gospel message is really clear. Here is how you can become a Christian and have access to everything that Scripture provides, not to mention a wonderful relationship with Jesus and a personal relationship to hear Him through the Spirit, as I talk about so often. It simply comes down to this. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He was sent by God to be a sacrifice or a ransom and to pay the full, not partial, full price of our sin, which is eternal death and separation from God. Trust then in this same Jesus as your Lord and Savior, knowing that He rose from the dead and that we who believe in Him will follow and live eternally through Him. There is no other requirement other than what the Bible says in 3.16 of John. That decision is the most important decision you or I will ever make. So if you haven't done that, get alone with God today. Don't wait. And tell Him that, yes, you want Him to be Savior of your life. You want Him to be Lord of your life. And you accept the gift of the sacrifice and payment for your sins. We're all sinners. But Jesus came and took that shame away. He offers that to us. And He offers complete payment of our sins. And once we accept that, and we do have to make that choice. We can't just assume it. We have to make the choice. But once we do, then... We have the inheritance of promises of God, but even more, (laughs) although those are wonderful, we have a relationship with Jesus and the Father through the Spirit, and He will guide us and lead us, and the Bible even says He will show you what is to come. It's a beautiful choice. Do not delay. I'm Kelly Langston. Thank you.